Peter's confession of Christ. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Thank you, Dean. You may be seated. Good morning. It's good to be together today in the house of the Lord among our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, many of you are already aware that I love working with tools, working with my hands, and I, and I love tools, uh, which has resulted whenever we have a project at home or if I'm ever going to undertake something uh, in, in woodworking, um, there's always a part of me that's looking to get the next tool. And so over the years, Sue has learned to ask a couple of questions whenever I get into a project and I need a little bit of funding and, honey, I need some money. And, and her first question is, uh, how much is it going to cost? Which is followed by a very quick second question, and, no, really, how much is it going to cost? And then the next question is, and how many new tools are you going to have to buy? Sue's learned over the year, I sometimes pick my projects based upon what tools I need to get. Well, more than just a love for tools, having just the right tool can make all the difference in the world, not only in helping you to do the task at hand, but doing it right and doing it well. And I share that with you because as Pastor Max already shared, as we continue in our sermon series this summer on Reformation Truths for Today, and our current focus is on the second article, or is on the uh, Apostles' Creed. Today we move into the second article of the Apostles' Creed, where we focus on the uniqueness of the personhood of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, we find someone like none other, someone perfectly designed by God, so to speak, to be your Savior and to be my Savior. What is more, uh, in this specific topic of Scripture, the church over the years, and when I say the church, I'm not just speaking of us, the Lutheran church, but I'm speaking of the church at large, the church in general, has benefited greatly from the insight and the instruction of Martin Luther. Because through his eyes, Martin Luther helps us to come to a better appreciation not only of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, but also our Father in heaven. In fact, through Martin Luther, as he looks into the life of Jesus Christ, we come to better understand not only the very heart of Almighty God, but the very will of Almighty God for each and every one of us. And to help us appreciate this, it's important for us to remember that early on in his life, for Martin Luther, the very thought of God terrified him. He literally lost sleep over the thought of one day having to stand before Almighty God. Although raised in the church, 
Luther only knew God as an angry father and a fearsome judge. He had been taught that the only way to appease God's anger and to avoid his condemnation was for he himself to live a righteous life. In other words, to be as perfect as he possibly or was humanly possible. But no matter how hard Martin Luther tried to live a righteous life, he found himself falling short over and over again. And rather than finding affirmation or assurance that with God there was favor or forgiveness, Martin Luther continued to find continued shame and guilt and agony in trying to appease this angry God. And as a result... Luther reached a point in his life where literally this is what he wrote, and I quote, I did not love. Yes, I hated the righteous God who punishes sinners. Now, what turned things around for Martin Luther was his coming to understand the meaning of what the Apostle Paul had written in Romans 1.17. And here on the screen, I've asked specifically that it be uh, written out this way because each one of these lines is significant in and of itself. For Martin Luther, in Romans 1.17, for in the gospel, in other words, the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection, in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith, from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. My friends, these words opened, were eye-opening words for Luther. In fact, they opened the eyes of his heart to come to a better understanding and a better appreciation of who Almighty God was. For the first time, Luther realized that forgiveness with God was not only possible, but assured. Assured to him, not through the righteous things he had done, but assured to him through the life, through the death, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God's provision for him in salvation. Now, as you might imagine, Luther began to see the God of all creation, with a whole new set of eyes. He himself writes, Here I felt that I was altogether born again and had entered paradise itself through open gates. And I extolled my sweetest word with a love as great as the hatred which I had before hated, the word, the righteousness of God. With this new perspective on Almighty God's not his anger, but his mercy and his grace, Luther found himself with a growing hunger for God. Rather than despise God, rather than want to avoid God, Luther longed to know God as well as was humanly possible. Luther longed to know God's heart. Luther longed to know God's will. And for Luther, here is what was key for him in under, coming to that understanding for Luther, there was no better way to know the heart, to know the will of Almighty God than through the person and the life of God's Son, Jesus Christ. The great words of, of, 
of Christ recorded by John. In, in John 14, 9, we read where Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And in Luther's desire to see God and to see him more clearly, just devoted and delved in his life into knowing his son. Luther had been raised in the biblical teachings of what we know as the two natures of Christ, the fact that in the person of Jesus, there is both God and man in the same person. But understand, given his new perspective of God, Luther found himself just celebrating all the more the fact that God had become man. In his uh, great Christmas song, in fact, if you, if you take a look at many of the hymns that Luther wrote, many of them were for the season of Christmas. And in his one hymn, We Praise You, Jesus, at Your Birth, we find Luther adoring the incarnation of God's eternal Son. Luther was in absolute awe of the biblical teaching of the Creator becoming a creature. And Luther kind came to understand why this was necessary. You see, in order for you and I to be saved, we needed a Savior who was sinless, a Savior who had to live to the same, up to the same laws that you and I have to live up to, but yet was without sin. Our Savior needed to be perfect. Scripture makes clear, be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Our Savior had to be holy, perfect. Secondly, it was necessary for our Savior to be in a position to pay the price for sin. And the price for sin, Scripture tells us, the wages of sin is death. Thus, our Savior had to be someone who could die. Hebrews 9.22, we read, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And so our Savior had to be someone who could die. Thirdly, our Savior had to be someone who had the power, who had the authority to forgive our sins. Scripture's quite clear on this one. Who can forgive sins but God alone? It is God who justifies. And fourthly, it was necessary that our Savior be able to overcome death and the devil. And this is where the psalmist declares our God is a God who saves. From the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. Salvation comes from the Lord. So notice, in order for the Savior of sinful mankind to be able to do all of these things, that Savior must possess two significant qualities within himself. First of all, our Savior must be someone who is truly human because only a human being can live under the law and, and, and what it demands and only a human being can die. Secondly, our Savior must also be truly divine because only God can forgive sins and only God can overcome death and the devil. And that, my friends, is what we find in Jesus Christ. 
what we in our Lutheran theology refer to as the two natures of Christ, that in Christ we have someone who is both God and man in the same person. And again, this is why Luther was in such awe of the biblical teaching of how the Creator had become a creature. And that is what made Christmas such an especially important uh, celebration for Martin Luther in his life. Now, I want to point out to you, today is June 25th, which means Rachel's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Rachel. But that means we're how many days till Christmas? Or not days, let's make it easier, months. We're six months away. So here we are, six months away. All right, so I've already done it. You know, you don't have to wait for Christmas music in August. I've already blown it on this year's Christmas. I'm the first one to bring your attention. Christmas is coming. But I want you to push, push aside everything that we ordinarily think of Christmas uh, here in the United States of America. Christmas trees, lights, presents under the tree, cards, uh, decorations, uh, snacks, food, all of that stuff. I want you to push that all aside. I want you for this moment just to focus on two Bible passages, all right? But when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through Him. My friends, that is what Christmas is all about. What we refer to as the incarnation, Almighty God taking on human flesh, the Creator becoming a creature. And this is what caused Christmas to stand out for Martin Luther. That the true joy of Christmas is found in what the angel said to Joseph, how the virgin would be with child and would give birth to a son, and they were to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God assuming human flesh, as the angel said to Joseph, for this expressed purpose, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus, the word Jesus, comes from two words put together, literally means God saves. And consider also the announcement of the angel to the shepherds. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. My friends, here we find three key incarnation terms for us to take to heart. Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus means God saves. Christ, from the Hebrew, or, or same as the Hebrew word Messiah, means God's anointed. In Jesus Christ, 
both God and man come together for the expressed purpose of saving you and me in redeeming us from our sins. As the author of Hebrews writes, since the children have flesh and blood, Jesus, the Son of God, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. For Martin Luther, the fact that Jesus was both God and man in the same person is what helped him to come to a better appreciation and understanding of the heart and the will of Almighty God. No longer did Luther find or see in God an angry father or a fearsome judge, but a father who loves, a father who forgives, a father who wants so much for each and every one of us to be in a loving relationship with him that he sent his son to save us from our sins so that we might be with him forever. And that's why Luther writes, through knowing Jesus as a man, we penetrate to the heart of God. Luther looks and he finds the love of God himself as a loving father in the person of Jesus Christ. In his hymn, uh, We Praise You, Jesus, at Your Birth, Luther ends that hymn with the verse beginning with these words, All this for us our Father has done, granting love through His own Son. Luther felt that everything about the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ as the eternal Son of God is what ultimately reveals to us the heart and the will of Almighty God. For Luther, the one thing that finally matters is the fact that God is for us, not against us, He's for us. And the one thing that provides Luther with this assurance is the fact that God is with us. God has come to be among us, to be our Savior. And that's what made Christmas such a blessed time for Luther and perhaps hopefully makes Christmas a blessed time for each and every one of us. It is the celebration of Almighty God, the creator of the universe, coming to earth, becoming one of us, becoming one with us for the sake of our salvation. What an awesome story, my friends, as to the testimony, as to the extent of God's love for you and for me. That's what that means for each and every one of us today. And it doesn't matter what sins we have hiding in the closets of our life. Rather than viewing Almighty God as an angry father or as a fearsome judge, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, we know the God of creation as a loving father and in his forgiveness that we might have relationship with him. John himself writes in his first letter, how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. And here is where I want to come back to that portion of Scripture which, which Dean read to us earlier. When Jesus in his earthly ministry came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, an area that was known for its pagan worship, its, its idols and its idolatry and temples to pagan gods, 
And in that scenery, with that as his backdrop, Jesus asks his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And the disciples replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. To which Jesus then asked, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And it was at that that Peter offered up these awesome words. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. My friends, that is the conviction, that is the perspective that changed everything for Martin Luther from understanding the love of God for him. And my prayer is that that uh, statement, that proclamation by the Apostle Peter, where it drew, uh, where Luther came to in his realization of God's love, would be our realization as well. That we would see anew the significance of Jesus being both God and man, and how he, as our Redeemer, reveals the love of God the Father unto each and every one of us. God grant that to each of us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.